We thank God for so much this week. Uh, Sweetie and I had to be gone a good chunk of this week down with her mom and dad. We had some storms to hit. I guess it was remnants from Gordon that came up through Texas and Louisiana last week. It hit that part of the state for them. They got some severe storms. It almost looked like a tornado had hit. It hadn't been. It hadn't been clarified, but there were leaves and twigs and branches and trees down and just trash everywhere. And uh, they lost power, so we went down to help out with them and help Clyde get that cleaned up. And thank the Lord that their freezer stuff didn't go out because they were without power for over 24 hours. So God answers prayer. Their stuff was able to keep, and, uh, you know, it's hard when you're going through things for other things to come on you. It's hard when you're going through some difficulties in life, and then it seems like something else comes on you. Sometimes that is difficult. Sometimes it can uh, make our faith ground feel like it's shaking and rumbling. But when we call on God and whenever we lift Him up, He will show up. He will see us through it. He knew it was coming. He'll be there with us. Uh, we thank you for your prayers. We were able to make the trip safely and get back, and the kids were fine, and I reckon all y'all were fine. I didn't hear nothing. So, um, so much to be thankful for. Marcia just shared with me. We've been praying for her brother, right? Brother-in-law? Brother-in-law. Need to lift him up and give God glory for what he's already done. Amen? He still is on the throne. And folks, prayer still works. We have way too many testimonies from what God's been doing, and that's for, you know, when you get into these things, and it seems like all we have is bad news, it seems like all that we have to do is pray for things. Don't grow weary because that's what we're to be doing. It is a war. It's a battle. And if you think for one minute that when you get saved that the devil's just going to leave you alone, uh, think again. He's going to come at us and he's going to do what he can. A lot of it God's going to allow to come at us. We're going to cover some of that this morning. But we need to give God glory no matter what because he's with us. It may be storming outside this morning, but he's here. We're safe. If he chooses for this roof to go off, and we'll be on the news this evening for 100 people dead in a church, then we give him glory anyway. Amen? I'm ready to go. How about you? I'm ready. A lot less junk we'll deal with in this world. So I thank God for that. There's some other things I wanted to share with you this morning. I forgot what it was. Um. piece of paper, sweetie. I think I might have wrote something down there. I got them. I just didn't bring them with me. <laughs> oh, Bo uh, Ashley and Bobby's baby, you know, she, they went in went late Wednesday night. They had a hard way to go, and but, you know, they sent something last night and said, be praying for us because we're getting ready to do a cesarean. A little bit more difficult thing to go through. She's going to have a little, a little more length of time of healing, but you wouldn't long after that till I got the picture and the text of little Eli. He's here. He's healthy. She's did fine. We need to give God the glory for those kinds of things. 
Amen. Um, other things that we just be praying for, we got to give God praise because he sees us through all of it. You know, we got coming up this, this uh, um, Christmas time, uh, we're going to do a little choir together. Sister Iris has agreed to kind of ramrod that thing. So if you're interested in singing, because it's going to be to bring God glory after the play, we're going to do that, so see her. I'm sure she's going to be starting practices soon, I guess. Maybe not, maybe, I don't know, but just see her, it's her thing to run, it ain't mine. It's God's give that to her, and he didn't give it to me, so. Uh, and I thank you for taking the bull by the horn, so to speak, and walking with that. Let the Lord use you. Each and every one of you, let the Lord use you. And so, um, we thank God. We've been working on a series that... I'm almost weary about doing things like that because y'all help me if I'm wrong on this, but I think sometimes when the devil knows some things are coming, he'll do some things he can to move some people around. We was talking in Sunday school this morning about following the Spirit, knowing. And sometimes I get concerned whenever God gives us something. I'm a little leery about doing this, but I have done it before. I'm doing, I'm doing it again now. I still believe he's on the throne and he's in control, but sometimes he'll steer us away from something that we might need to hear. I'm not throwing that at anybody that's not here this morning. Please don't read anything into it. But things can come up. Things can happen. Uh, I don't know, whatever it might be. But he also uses things to make it to where we can here. I got to have some good conversation with my father-in-law this week as we're cutting trees, pulling brush, and doing all kinds of things. I mean, thank God he's 72 because he could have killed me down there working, but he needed to rest a lot, and I didn't, I didn't argue with him. <laughs> but we sat down, and we had some, some good conversations. And I thought then, you know, this storm coming through, it's a, it, it's, a, it's a burr under their saddle. We talked about a burr last week. It's a burr for Clyde, but it also opened up an opportunity for the Lord to be in the middle of something. Now, I don't know what the Lord did. All I know is when the conversations got started, I'm constantly saying, Holy Ghost, help me. You know where this is going, you know what this is about, and I don't have the answers, but you do. I don't know how that's going to work out. I can't tell you. All I know is the opportunity was there, and sometimes we will go through some junk to get to a place that God needs us to be. Just remember that. And so, we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. This is number five in a, the series of doing this. Um... We had love, joy, and peace. Now what we're going to cover? What did we cover before? And before that? Love, joy, and peace. Now we're going to long suffering. Told you in the beginning of this, you're not going to find one of these and not that one. It is one fruit. It comes from the Spirit of God. You can't manufacture it. You might be able to pull it off for an hour on a Sunday morning. I'm talking about when the pressure comes. I'm talking about day-to-day -day life. 
all of this is intertwined together. You don't have love, but you, don't have, you can't have love and not have peace. Vice versa. All of this ties together. And so we have to remember that as we're going through this, that what we're covering is different aspects of one fruit. So don't ever forget that. By the time we get done with this, you should be able to rattle it off the top of your head. The fruit of the Spirit. Nine elements of it. So well, let's read it. We've been reading it every week. We're going to read it again this week. But the fruit in Galatians 5 and 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. We done covered that. Joy. We've done covered that. Peace. We covered that last week. And long-suffering. Kindness. Goodness. Faithfulness. Gentleness. Self-control. Against such there is no law. It is a product of the Holy Ghost is what it is. You can't do A plus B equals C to make the fruit come. There's no formula, so to speak. I did this, I don't do that. There's no formula for it. It is fruit that comes from the Spirit and Him alone. And He will bear His fruit. Whether it will be through our lives or not is up to you and me. Whether or not we will allow that to happen. We will allow him to bear fruit or we won't. That's a part of our walk in life. So, let's talk about long-suffering. I'm going to read you the definition that I got. Long and patient endurance of injuries, insults, trouble, bearing with others for their good, Endurance in all situations. Now that word endurance tells us something, don't it? Now if Clyde hadn't stopped working a bunch of times the other day, y'all might have been having my funeral this weekend. I don't know. We were dragging some brush up the hill. But it was an endurance test is what it was. And that means we're going to go through something and we have to stand strong and stand firm. The very word of endurance kind of gives us that idea, doesn't it? Don't we buy endurance tires for our vehicles and shops? Why? Because they will last. So we hear that word, and that's what it's about. But being, bearing with others for their good. You don't see a lot of that in America today. If people don't perform up to us, we choose it's their loss, and so be it. But bearing this thing, enduring in this and then bearing with others for their good means that, you know what, we came in here on Sunday, we've been coming in here for seven years almost every Sunday preaching what God gives, teaching in Sunday school, having Wednesday night classes. If you can't make it to those, try to make a point too. It will, it will more round out your understanding of the word. It'll get you to a place that you need to be. You just gotta, and I, I'm not casting stones please don't tell you that but make the time to do that tonight is prayer service we're going to be praying tonight try to come and be with us to pray you see sometimes we get a little weary in these things but we need to be calling upon God because that's where our, our thing comes so bearing with people and bearing for their good we're doing them a favor they might beat you to death with a wet noodle every day or every other day or once a week or once a month. But you bear with them because there's some good that's going to come. The Holy Spirit will 
complete that work that he started. I told you last week, that's a piece of scripture that is nice and warm and fuzzy. And we like that one until we apply it in the way that, you know what, we didn't give in to him. And he's still going to work on that. That means the trouble that you went through that he's trying to mold you with, you might get to try it and do it again and again and again and again. Why? Because he's going to complete the work that he started. So when we look at things in those terms, maybe sometimes some of the stuff we'll go through might be a little bit shortened when we learn how to submit. And so that's what he's given us here. Let me give you some words that I, it can also be used or synonyms you can call them. It says patience, endurance, tolerance, restraint, forbearance, and perseverance. We persevere in, in the things that we face. That's what long-suffering is. You see, when someone wrongs someone else or expectations aren't met or are delayed, exercising patience or tolerance is what long-suffering is. We got things going on in our nation today that we as believers in Christ need to have some patience. And we will tolerate. Tolerance not in the point that we're going to allow something. Tolerance in the point that just give them some time. Maybe they'll get it. Does that make sense? It's not that we're tolerating it. Well, that's okay. No, we're going to still stand up again. I told you before. Uh, 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 Adam and Steve can come into this church Adam and Steve will hear the truth and we will be patient with Adam and Steve until they get it because one of the two things is going to happen the work of God is going to happen in their life and boy what a testimony that is amen or they'll get mad and leave now you can apply that to anything that you're learning in scripture it doesn't just have to be for that that makes this job hard when the flesh kicks in. When you're following Jesus, you don't worry about it. You give what God gives. But you can apply that to any aspect. You know somebody that's offended and mad with something and they left? Let's be forbearing. Amen? Now if they got that in their spirit, they never would have walked out the door. You see, it's a chance to grow. It's a chance to grow. And you choose to grow or not, each and every one of us. That's why we're going through these things. I know this is not good, good shouting preaching. I understand that. But what good is good shouting preaching if we got these kinds of things that ain't <laughs> happening in our lives? You just had a good time. But my goodness, you know, people can go out to the bar and have a good time. And it's no different. Can I tell you it's no different? You don't have the Lord in you, you don't have that foundation in you, you come to church, okay, you hear a good concert or whatever it is, you can have a good time and feel good about it, and by the time you get home and crawl in bed tonight, whatever was bugging you when you got to church is now bugging you again. You understand what I'm talking about? So we've got to have that foundation, and I don't know so much that you need that foundation. All I know is this is what God's told me to do. Maybe it's for you to give it to someone else who needs that foundation. Because there is a war going on, and it is, it's nonstop. Not until we get out of here. Amen? So we got to hold on to Jesus. So that's what long-suffering is. You know, I had somebody ask me not long ago, said, how long are you going to continue to preach? Your results seem like they're negative. I mean, look around you. We could go over there and have church and have plenty of room. 
The results seem to be negative. How long are you going to continue to go? You know what I said? Till the Lord says for me to stop. That's what I said. That's what I said because that's what I feel in my heart. Until he tells me to stop, until he tells me to go somewhere else, and he'll open that door, I'm sure, if a time comes. If it don't come, this is where I'm to be and what I'm to be doing. And boy, I tell you what, when you start learning to hang on to Jesus in those mindsets, just follow God in that mindset, boy, there's a whole bunch of junk just jumps right off your back. And the devil don't like that. He don't like for stuff to jump off your back. But you see, results, results aren't always visible. And while we are patiently waiting, while we are patiently teaching, there are things that are going on in people's lives that they're building that foundation and it's building up and it's taking, it's taking hold. They're different than they used to was. I'm different than I used to was. I'm not the same preacher I was seven years ago. I pray that if time lasts, I'm a whole lot better preacher. Because, and here's not because I did something great, but because I became even more submitted to the Holy Ghost. In seven years from now, if time lasts. You see, those kinds of results aren't always visible, and some accomplishments you ain't even going to know about until you get into glory. Amen? And it don't just happen from this pulpit inside of this church. It happens outside of here. When you're visiting with people, when you're talking with people, when you're talking with people that's going to another church and they're dealing with something, you give them some truth. You give them that encouraging truth that is going to help them through and then you may not follow up on it. Or they may not follow up on it. You know, something's wrong. Oh no, everything's fine. You need to get over line and let's get this thing out here and let's get it fixed. Because he's going to give us the word that's going to help us. You understand what I'm talking about? And it may take some time for that truth to come in. And to, you know, Carson and I have planted a garden every year. And you know what? We stick a bean in the ground. It don't come up the next day. And the next week, we ain't picking beans off of it and having fresh beans for supper. It is a time process. That's the natural time for that. Some things are not natural time that we make them. We're going to get there here in just a minute. But... David said in Psalm 41 and 1, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me and heard my cry. We're going to be praying this morning after the service. We're going to be praying tonight at prayer service. We're going to call upon the Lord. Why do we do that? We do that because we believe. He hears our prayers. He will answer our prayers. He will give us what we need. He will lead us and guide us through it. That's why we keep doing it. If we ain't got but 10 people coming on a Sunday night, we're going to have prayer service. I realize and know that that can be hard sometimes. and In a world's model, you try to do whatever you can to make the best. But I'm going to tell you what, folks. There is nothing more important than prayer. You will not do anything more important than prayer in your life. Spending time with God, talking to God. People can say what they want about Chris and Casey, but I believe that prayer has had something to do with that storm hitting a different track. As of yesterday, and I don't know if it changed, he hadn't even lost any power. 
And I, I, folks, I believe that is a direct result of prayer. Calling on God. I'm calling out for Chris and Casey like I would be for Megan and Ryan. They're not my kids. They haven't been around here since they got married. Chris hasn't been around much, but they're still his kids and they mean something to me. They're members of the church. Might not be seeing them every week, but we sure can pray for them. Amen? And prayer is everything because God will incline. He will lean toward us and he will hear our prayers. Sometimes we got to get down to business and pray through. Sometimes the enemy don't want our prayers getting through. Sometimes he wants us to be discouraged so that we won't continue to pray. But it's battle. It's battle. Prayer is battle. See, our patience may be severely tried, but suffering a little bit longer may produce profitable results that would never even be realized if we stopped, if we just quit. Amen? We're going to go through some stuff. It's like looking for your keys. Well, that was the last place I looked. Of course it was. After you find them, you're not going to finish looking for them, are you? Unless you're like totally nuts. Wait a minute, somebody might be having that problem. Find them, stick them in the pocket, forget about them again. I don't know, but once you find them, you're not looking anymore. When we call upon God, we ask, we seek, we knock. And therefore, sometimes we're going to go through some stuff and it's going to put us on our knees. In Matthew 17 and 7, it says, Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. You remember that was the kid that had the demon. They couldn't get him out. They'd been doing some things. They'd been watching some miracles happen. But then they came to that kind and they said, Oh, whoa, we've done run into something we can't help. And Jesus, and more or less, is saying to them, How long do I want to be with you? You guys have been walking around with me for two or three years now. You've seen a lot of miracles. Why, what's wrong with your faith? You see, that mountain is really not any bigger. Yes, it's going to take a little more. It's going to take some prayer and fasting. It's going to take those things to get through, but they didn't just give up. Or he didn't want them to just give up. In 2 Peter 3 and 1, it said, Beloved, I now write to you this second epistle, in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and, of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Let's skip on down to verse 8. But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Friends, he's not slack concerning his promises. Hold on to that. That helps us to have a long suffering in our spirit. It will produce that. He is there. He is with us. He'll see us through. And anything that he has promised, he is not going to give up on. He is not slack in his promises. But is long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come. Friends, the day of the Lord is coming. Are you ready? The day of the Lord is coming. He promised that. Just don't grow weary. Be patient. Be long-suffering, just as he is. 
You see, when we grow weary in the apparent futility of prayer, how do I know that is real? Because we used to have a house full on prayer night. And we've been praying. Maybe we've been praying for a loved one forever and a day. Now we don't have so much prayer. Why? Because we're feeling like God ain't answering. Well, I can pray at home. Okay, you sure can. You can pray anywhere you're supposed to. As a matter of fact, you should pray without ceasing. Question is, is are you? You see, that's what long-suffering is. Well, they're just going to have prayer service over there again. Then be patient, be long-suffering, and endure. Endure means getting out and going and getting in the car and telling friends, family, whoever, hey, we got church tonight. Y'all want to come? We're going to have prayer service. Maybe you need something to be prayed for. You understand what I'm talking about, babies? Called y'all babies, didn't I? I didn't mean to do that. Hmm. What are you doing, Lord? You see, whenever we grow weary in what we think is futile prayer, what is it that urges us to continue? What is it? That's part of it. But it's the Spirit. It's the Spirit of God that is producing long-suffering in our hearts. We're not going to stop praying. We're not going to stop teaching. We're not going to stop preaching. We're not going to stop doing the things that God has got us doing. We're going to keep on keeping on. That's what long-suffering is. That's how you know. Remember I told you, whenever you're seeing the fruit of the Spirit, it ain't only so that other people can see, it is also there for you and me. Sometimes we need to see that that fruit is coming out. It lets us know when the devil's trying to beat us up. It lets us know, yeah, we're still a child of God. We're still hanging on to him. We're still walking with him. That's what long-suffering is about. But you see, there's this bunch of people, the warped thinking called positive thinkers. These positive thinkers, they, th they, they give you this message. Jesus died so you don't have to. That's partially true. That doesn't mean we're not going to face things in this life. You hear a whole lot of this. Well, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Why? Maybe it came from him. Let me, let me, let me flesh this out for you all a little bit. All adverse effects that we face, they don't just come from the devil. Am I right? They don't just come from the devil. Matthew 8 and 34. And when he called the people to himself with his disciples also, he said to them, Whosoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. You see, he's telling us here that we have to bear a cross, and sometimes bearing that cross will be some things we don't want to deal with. Bearing that cross is actually, that's a part of long-suffering. Look around you this morning at your brothers and sisters. Are you all in the same place that you once were growing as a babe in Christ? No. Some are farther along, some are not. 
but we're patient. We're long-suffering with them. You see, that's what long-suffering is a part of bearing our cross. And Jesus said in John 16 and 33, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Now that message that you can rebuke just anything, and that message that, you know, Jesus suffered so we don't have to, kind of goes against what we just read. In this world you will have tribulation. As long as you're breathing in this world, you're going to face some opposition. As long as we're holding on to Christ, we're going to face some things. Don't grow weary. Be of good cheer because he's overcome the world. You see the persecuted church, the lame man was healed. You remember in Acts 3, sitting at the beautiful gate. Silver and gold have I numbers such as I have in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. I ain't got no money to give you, but I got something better. You can walk now. You can go get a job. Huh? That's what basically was going on at that. This fellow was crippled. It wasn't his fault. It wasn't that he was a bad guy. But I don't have any money to give you, but what I have is so much better than the money. And they was able to lay hands on this guy, and he gets up and goes running through the, the temple just like a wild man, and he's letting everybody know, and they're like, hey, wasn't that the fellow that always sits out at the gate? What in the world happened? One of these two guys that walked with Jesus come in and spoke in his name, and now I'm healed. What happened to him? Well, the dudes that's running the temple, they sent for him. Hey, fellas, y'all can't be going out here and doing this stuff in the name of Jesus, this dead guy that y'all claiming has been resurrected. Y'all can't be doing that no more. What did they do? Well, they had a little prayer meeting, didn't they? <laughs> they had a little prayer meeting. What did they do? They persevered. They were long-suffering. See, perseverance is that. It's a two-sided coin. Yeah, we deal with some people. We're long-suffering, patient with us, but we're also dealing with the things of this world, the things that the flesh tries to bring us down, and we persevere. We press on. We press on. We press on. So they had a little prayer meeting. In Acts 4 and 33, it says, In great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Because they talked about Jesus. Anything good that happens in our midst, it's all for Him. It's all for His glory. It's not for ours. It's for His. And great grace was gave, given to them in, in Acts 5 and 41. And so they departed from the presence of the council. He was the guys that tell them, don't do this no more. From the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for His name. When you stand up for Jesus in this world... People are going to shame you. And this early church, they say, hey, that's a good thing. We look at it and say, I ain't standing up for Jesus because it ain't comfortable in our present day and age. I ain't saying y'all do that, but if, it, if the shoe fits, you've got to put it on wear. But doesn't that happen a lot? You won't speak out for Jesus. But these guys, the man, they said, oh, that's a great thing. We get to suffer for his name. How many of you, by show of hands, love suffering? What? 
Y'all are saved, aren't you? Did I not just read it from the Bible? Did I read it wrong? And so they departed from the presence of the council, council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. That's right, suffering for him. Let me ask you something. A lot of things we go through, is it for Jesus? That's where the question lies, doesn't it? That's where the crack in the armor is. That's where the chink is. That's where the devil figures out how he's going to come in. That's where the chink in the armor is. Let me take you somewhere else. Remember Stephen? Stoned to death, right? Because he stood up for Jesus. All these people that were treating him bad, throwing rocks at him, and he ain't finally, and right before he died, don't lay this on them. Forgive them. The same thing Jesus had done not long before on the cross. Not get even with them. Not, but Lord, you don't understand, folks. He was tempted in all points like as we, yet he did not sin. Stephen did what he was supposed to do. Stephen, by the way, was being persecuted by people. Paul was the ringleader of it. And Paul, after his conversion, became the persecuted. Read Pox's book of martyrs. You want to understand about the early church and people that went through things, read that and understand and know this. That when you say yes to Jesus, when you get on board with him, persecution is going to come. Nobody said it was going to be easy. Nobody said you was going to be smelling like a rose at the end of it. You might just get beat up every day. You might just have your stuff taken away from you. How many of us will give up our stuff for Jesus? I would too. There's coming a day, folks. And we can see a lot of times in the churches today that that pressure's starting to come because some people's taking early leave. There's coming a day when you're going to stand in this pulpit and I believe it's going to happen before the end comes. That we're going to be persecuted. I might have to go sit in jail on a weekend. Y'all might have to come bail me out so that we can continue to preach the gospel. We may have to meet over in the woods somewhere so that we can still meet and preach and teach the gospel. But we're going to tell people. We're not going to hide from it. We're going to stand up for Jesus. That's what persecution is. That's what long-suffering is all about. We stand up for Jesus. No matter what. No matter how bad it's going to affect a relationship with somebody that we know or love. I told you in the last series, how well do you really love them if you don't want to give them truth? The reason you don't want to give them truth is because you don't want to have this going on in the relationship. How can you love somebody that don't, don't want to hear the truth? And you don't, you don't want to give it to them. Isn't that a real question? You call it love. Oh, but Jesus, he gives you everything. He gives you truth. He gives it to us exactly what we need. The church has always been a persecuted church, except when it compromises truth. There are those in the interest of an impressive set of numbers of souls being won or great attendances that will not warn those to whom they have won to the Lord that you're going to have trouble in this world. 
and the trouble you're facing may just be that God's growing you. It ain't always the devil. It may be that God is growing you. We should warn people when we lead them to Christ at this altar or wherever we're at. Let me tell you something about following Jesus. He's your everything and your all. You need to hold on to him. You need to make him Lord of your life. He will change your life. But understand and know this, you're going to probably lose some family members of it. You're probably going to lose some friends of it. You might even have to change what you do for a living because of it. But it's going to cost you something to follow Jesus. Now, that's not faith by works. To understand what I'm saying, do not read into what I'm saying here. But when you say yes to Christ, your life was going to change, and it's going to change that some people's going to come against you. And you need to know that before you sign on. You need to know that before you sign on, there's going to be some trouble coming. In this world, you will have trouble. As a matter of fact, I think Romans calls it something like this. They change the truth of God for a lie. They exchange it. And that's exactly some of the things that's been going on today. Righteous Abel was murdered by his self-righteous brother Cain. And from then until now, the spirit and the flesh have been warring against one another. You see, it's not always easy to follow the spirit, is it? What did I tell you a couple of weeks ago? Being a Christian is not hard. Following Jesus ain't hard. Until when? Come on, y'all been paying attention or not? Yeah, until self gets in the way. See, following Jesus ain't hard. It gets hard when self gets in the way. When the flesh gets in the way. That's when the hard decisions come. See, it's just a matter of submitting. But God, he's given every one of us a free moral agency. We get to make our choices. We get to make our decisions. In 2 Corinthians 4 and 8, we are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. You see, whenever we're following what the Word gives us, whenever we're teaching what He's given us to teach, when we're preaching what the Bible has to say, it's going to come out in our flesh if we believe that, if we follow that. And it's going to go against what the world sees. And the world don't like to see that in verse 16 of that same chapter. Therefore, do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, do you see what the Bible calls what the stuff we're dealing with now in this life? It's called light affliction. We think the world's coming to an end. We think, oh, I just can't deal with this anymore. Oh, the pressure's just too much. But these guys here, who was the early church, who was hearing from God, who was writing what he said, said this is light affliction. Amen. Walk out of here today knowing that whatever you're facing on the job, in the family, no matter where it is, it is light affliction. Hang on to Jesus. Don't get drugged down by it. Hang on to the Lord. Let the Holy Ghost work in your life what He's wanting to work. It is light affliction. Which is but for a moment is working for us as far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. 
See, we look at temporary things, temporal things, but God's always looking to the eternal. If we get our eyes focused on the eternal, we realize it is just light affliction. And while we do not look at these things which are seen, that's the stuff that we face. But at the things which are not seen, that's glory when we go to heaven. Amen? For the things which are unseen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Hold on to Jesus. You know, many times we go through needless suffering. Needless suffering. Our imperfect faith brings anxieties that God doesn't want us to entertain. You ever worried about things that you absolutely got no control over, just hoping it'll work out that way? Uh Uh-huh. And God says, I don't want you entertaining that. Don't you belong to me? Where's your faith at? Don't worry about what's going to happen tomorrow, even if it don't come. Well, you know, this could happen. You know, me as a pastor, I can bring Danny some truth. You know what? I can bring him some truth. Maybe he needs it. And I realize when that conversation's getting ready to happen, he may get mad as a hornet. Right? Now, if he gets mad as a hornet and don't receive what God's wanting to do in him, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven including their children, eight including grandpa could all get caught up into that. Now, if I sit and worried about what the world does and sit here and say, well, you know what, I don't want to lose these eight or nine people, then I would steer away from giving truth, wouldn't I? Because at that point, I now love me and his tithing and all the work that he does in the church and all the people that he's reaching for and doing all this. I now love me and all that stuff he brings more than I love him. Amen? I know this is hard to say amen to, folks, but we got to get this in our spirit. You want the fruit of the Spirit coming out, this is truth that's got to come inside of us and change us. Amen? Now, I can do it the wrong way. Of course I can. But he also now has to do something the Bible says. He has to have a forgiving spirit. You see, God puts you in a trap, so to speak. He ain't going to let you out of it. He can't go over here and talk to Wayne and say, Wayne, you know what Ken done? And Wayne, if he's got anything at all of the Lord in him, he ain't going to sit there and entertain it neither. He's going to say, you know what? He told you the truth. Actually, if they actually told you the real thing that was said, that's the other one. That's when lying comes in. Do you understand what I... And that's the trap that the devil brings. And we worry about things unnecessarily that God says, you know what? I don't have that for you. Why are you grabbing hold of that? Why are you worrying about what tomorrow's going to do? Why are you worrying about if they're going to close the factory down? I got this, he's saying. I've got this. I've got you. I'm holding on to you. You see, we naturally expect our major struggles to take more time. What's the biggest struggle that you ever had? What's the biggest thing that overcome in your life? Was it the day that you got saved? That was a huge moment. Born again. Now let me ask you something. Did you have to pray in the altar for 8 or 10 hours or for 8 or 10 months or 8 or 10 years? No. It was at the moment that you submitted yourself to say, I need Jesus, please come into my heart. 
That quick. That quick. Wasn't a process. There might have been some things that went on in the life before that that caused that, but we'll talk about that in just a second. You see, we settle in and submit to the long season. We believe that that's what it's going to be. We try to force things to happen when we have no control over, nor should we have control over them. We worry that God's timing is off. Have you ever heard that one? Oh, God's timing's off. Friend, get that out of your head. His timing ain't never been off, and he's going to move whether you want him to or not. His timing is not off. So in your next worry about, the next place that you go that long-suffering comes in, just get that one out of your head. His timing is not off. Amen. That's a good shouting spot. See, the Holy Ghost will help us. He will comfort us. He will calm us if we will only hand him the reins. You just got to let go and let God. That's what we always hear. He can do in a moment what we can't do in a, in a lifetime. He can do in a split second of a moment what we can't do in 10 or 12 months or 10 or 12 years. He can do it just like that. Amen? Now, if we believe that, let's all say amen together. Amen. Thank you. Wake up, we're almost done. You see, sometimes we think God is delaying. But his, way, his delays sometimes are always good and they always are right. Think about this one, chastening and discipline. In Hebrews 12, we hear that one, right? He chastens those who he loves. And it may take some time. But it is God's love working on our behalf. It may seem to never end. But if we endure, it will bear the peaceable fruit of righteousness. It tells of our sonship. If you're getting a whipping from God, you still belong to Him. Or you belong to Him in the first place. If He's there, you're getting that from Him. And it, it proves that to us. You see, there is healing and discipline if we only let it be done. How many of you like discipline? That's the flesh talking. How many of you in the spirit like discipline? Yes, there should be every hand because that's a good thing. We belong to him and he is going to work it out for us. He's going to take us through something. Children of God need time to grow and mature sometimes. You see, proper nourishment is a must. Proper nourishment is the word, it's the truth. Rightly divided. Rightly divided. That's the nourishment. But what happens after nourishment? If you just eat, then you'll get... Slam, I heard that. But the nourishment will cause you to grow. And a part of that growing now is going to be what? You've got to exercise your faith. We've got to put it into action. You see? And if we don't do that, then what's going to happen? Spiritual weakness. And that means every time a storm comes, every time a trial comes, we get poor old pitiful old me, and we don't apply the word. So what does the Holy Ghost do? Sometimes he says, I'm going to give you some exercise. Amen? I'm going to give you some exercise. 
So we get to start working our faith. We get to start putting it into action, and that's what he does. You see, the hard things in, in us, they bring out the best in us, whether it's for discipline or whether it's for growth and maturity. Look at poor old Job. Now, Job had a hard way to go, didn't he? Lost everything except his woman who told him to curse God and die. Lost his kids, all of his stuff. God's the one that threw him under the bus. He's the one who told the devil, go after him. You center him, you just can't kill him. So he, he, he goes down this thing, and it was all for his growth. Anybody have an idea of what that growth was for Job? Oh, it's good for us. It's a good word for us. That, it's in the Bible, and we're, good, we're glad to have it, and then we need to see it. What was, what was the one thing he was helping Job to grow through? Oh, yeah, patience. That's part of it. That's the fruit of the Spirit. That was coming out, but that was coming out of him, but he was trying to get him to a particular spot. God, you owe me some answers. I've been faithful to you. God goes, <clears throat> I'm sorry, what did you say? I don't owe you nothing. I didn't ask your advice when I laid all this out. Where was you? Do you got understanding about it? He was taking care of some pride that was sitting inside of Job. That's how much God loved him. God's long-suffering. Job had to do some long-suffering. What happened in the end? What he had to go through ended up doubling what he lost. But it was what God was doing. You see, sometimes we're going through stuff because God is working. Sometimes he's doing something for us. You see, delays may be necessary when God is about to redirect our paths. See, the length of time needed is in direct response to our readiness to what God is doing. Do you hear that? Let me say it one more time. The length of time needed when we're going through something is in direct response to our readiness to what God is doing. He will allow us to have some fruitless speculating. He will allow us to make some decisions that are going to have some bad consequences and we're going to deal with those consequences. He will allow those things to happen till we get to the place that we are submitted. Does that make sense? Oh, I've been going through this for 20 years. Well, why don't you get over yourself, submit yourself to God, and maybe you won't have to. Amen? We don't like hearing that word. Just submit and let him have his way. And it's in direct response to what, how, how submitted we are. Joseph, you remember him? Oh, he had to go through some things. He went for like 14 years of dealing with a bunch of stuff. Got thrown in a pit, got thrown into prison, got accused of going after a man's wife. All these things, spent time in jail, did all these things. He spent all these times in the pit, all so that he could be ready to be made ruler over Egypt. Second only to Pharaoh, the Bible says. Second only to Pharaoh. And all of this was for God's purpose. See, God is not always moving you from place to place. Sometimes he's moving you to get ready to advance in the place that you're at in what you're doing. Well, it feels pretty stagnant now. Persevere. Just persevere. Seems like we ain't moving. We ain't getting nothing done. Just persevere. Hang in there. Let God do his work. And then at the end, you're going to see what God was doing.
Long-suffering. It's from the Spirit. It is a fruit of the Spirit. If you don't have a problem, if you can't have a problem with long-suffering, it's time for us to be praying. You say, in our times of long-suffering, God has provided for our relief and comfort through the Holy Ghost. And it's a process of maturing us through our submission to His work. Unceasing prayer. Go ahead and come on up, Danny. Unceasing prayer is our weapon during these times. See, that's the importance of prayer. We're spending time with God. We're calling out Him to help us. If we spend enough time with Him, we'll start seeing things the way He sees things. You see, I could be living life, and Brother Murphy here could be a bonehead one day. He can come to me and say, and whatever, and he's just being a real bonehead. Anybody know what I mean when I say bonehead? Is it okay if I call you that for just a minute? Making a point. We're making a point. He can be a real bonehead. And I could go to God and I could start saying, you know what, I ain't never speaking to that man again. I ain't going to have nothing else to do with him. He ain't doing nothing but trying to destroy me, destroy the ministry, blah, 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 whatever. You know, you get all the junk you get to come in. Because he was being a bonehead. Maybe he was giving me truth, maybe he wouldn't. But instead of me going and asking God to fix him or get him, here's something I've started doing, and I want you guys to start trying this. I found it helps me. Father, whatever I'm facing, whatever I'm going through right now, help me to see me the way you see me. Show me in me what you're seeing. You see, I don't need to be praying to him to fix this bonehead. Because he already knows what's going on in him. Maybe he got a bad report at the doctor. And God says, you know what? I know what's going on with him. He's acting out of character, but I'm working in him just like I'm working in you. So if you would just ask and say, Father, show me what I need to know about me. And say, Lord, help him. Because he ain't a bonehead. Whatever's going on is something out of character. Help me to see what you're showing me about me. Because he's saying to you, you know what? I've got him. He's mine too. I'm going to complete this work in him. I'm going to take him somewhere he needs to go. Right? Does that make sense? Does that help anybody with anything? Just like with Job. Job went through stuff and God was working something. For people, for all of eternity, everybody's got a Bible knows about Job. And that's uplifting to us. Job was showing us an example. What about Daniel in the, in the lion's den? Right? That's a whole different side. He's dealing with something. And Daniel, God's saying to him, hang in there, son, I got this. I shut the mouth, the mouth of the lions up. I didn't leave you and I didn't forsake you. I was sitting right there with you. Now, I'm going to need you to stay here in this nation and deal with this other guy, Nebuchadnezzar. I need you to be here and be a part of this. But I'm letting you know I'm with you. I'm seeing you through it. So whatever it is that you may be facing today, think about it in that term, that it's long-suffering. 
What is it that God is trying to show you about you? Amen? We don't need to be picking the phone up. We don't need to be sitting around the table. We don't need to be doing these things just stabbing each other. No, 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 no. That's not from the Holy Ghost. He don't do that. He don't do that at all. He says, let's all get together and let's sit down and have a conversation. And if we will put him in the center of it, then that long suffering will now have paid off something. Amen? He will have taken us to a place that we needed to go. What is he helping you with? Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not take it to the Lord in prayer. You see how these tie together? If your peace is gone, it's because there's something wrong with long-suffering. Yeah. If your peace is gone, it's all because there's something going on with the love aspect of that fruit. You see, that's what He's got going on in us. I want to invite you to come and pray today. I know that we're going through things, all of us. And I do know that the answer lies in Jesus Christ. I know that the answer lies with the work the Holy Ghost wants to do right here at this altar today. But you don't understand, preacher. You don't understand what I've gone through. You don't understand what they did to me. You don't understand. No, but He understands. And He's telling you it don't have to be a long, 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 hard process. He can deliver us today. That's why the long suffering's in there. We are patient waiting on Him. We are patient with our fellow believers around us, the people of this world. Patient enough that we want to give them the gospel. What's he helping you with today? Won't you come and pray this morning as they sing?